Ladies and gentlemen, this is a public service announcement. For regular viewers and listeners of AWI Pod, please do not be offended as this program contains good wrestling. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of War into Attitude. This is the 35th edition. It might be the 36th edition. I could be off. But right now, we're going to say it's number 35. I, of course, am your host, Brett Piles. And with me, as always, I'm not going to do the big introduction today because I don't can't I didn't think of anything that you were more over than at this point. So I'm going to leave it alone <laughs> this time. Uh, he is from uh, the across the ocean and from the future at JRLson.Glenn. Glenn, Abbott. Glenn, how you doing? Um. Uh... For the public, I'm fine. <laughs> I'll put on a brief face, I'm fine. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to go, Glenn. I, I think the like the appropriate answer for someone asking you how you're doing, and not like me and you, because we're obviously friends and we talk all the time, and I actually want to know how you're doing. But if like someone on the street, like you're at work, and so I say, hey, how are you doing? I don't want you to give me. There's three answers you should give me. I'm okay. I'm good. I could be better. Other than that, I don't want nobody wants to hear that shit. No, that's it. Exactly. And nobody listens anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Even if you ask me how I was and I was bad, you don't really want to hear about why I don't feel good anyway. No, I've been ignored when I've said that just to prove the point. And I think I've had this, uh, that little rant on a piece of business at one point or another about people not listening. If you are, don't bother asking. If you don't want to know how somebody is, don't ask them. Right. I generally don't care how anyone is, so I just don't <laughs> speak to them. <laughs> exactly. You know, what is the point? And that's all, that throwaway. Oh, you're okay. Well, no. <laughs> right. Oh, good. All right, then bye. Okay, see you. Well, that's that's tough to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Are any of us really doing okay? <laughs> are we really? Yeah, exactly. I think most of us are doing very well, to be honest with you. Let's see if we're all being honest with each other. I'm not. I'm not doing well at all because we've got into the abyss that is the international break again. There oh, yeah, that's bloody football on this weight game. That's no fun, Glenn, because like now what am I supposed to do? Oh, it's ridiculous. They just get started again and start winning again, and then they have another bloody break. It feels like they play two games, and then they go on a two-week break. That's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah, it's that. really annoys me. It does annoy me. I might have to pause it for a second because my dogs are about to go crazy because my son, my son just got home back up again. So, yeah, we thought the dogs were going to go crazy, and they ended up doing nothing. So I should just <laughs> never – I should just always pause it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, me and Glenn were voicing our displeasure of this two weeks without, yeah, uh, without club football. And Glenn, now I, I finally understood what you mean because I really wasn't into the Ars or the English Premier League football last year. Um, and so when the World Cup came around, I remember you being like, "It's annoying," and now I get it because I would be fucking annoyed too. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it's safe in the middle of the season if all of a sudden they want they had the Bulls just stop playing for three weeks. I would be like, I, 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 yeah. I mean, actually, that's more. It was probably like six weeks for the World Cup, huh? It was, yeah. yeah. I would have been adding another one in 2036 or something to out that way. Well, they got one coming up in 2028, I think, uh, mm. or 2020. It's in America, Mexico, and Canada, yeah. all three. That's going to be a wonderful time wise, isn't it? It's going to be, I mean, for you, oh, for me, oh. it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. But even for you, you can't make your, t- your mind up what time it is in your country anyway. True. And then you throw in Canada, and I mean yeah. Canada, and Mexico's time zones aren't really all that much different from ours. I mean they might be like huh. an hour or two hours, but it's the same thing as California. So mm. yeah, but that that West Coast time is like ridiculous times earlier than you, isn't it? That's two or three hours. Yeah, so it's like I think right now <laughs> it's two hour. I think right now it's three hours, and in the summertime it's two hours. So right now it's like fucking one o'clock in California. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. Yeah, like my sister, my sister lives in California. My nephew plays football. Um, uh, and we always try to catch his games, but it's like they start at like 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah so they're usually you... on a Friday night, and I'm a little busy on Friday nights at 10 o'clock, as you know. They could be even more staying up late when that happens because uh, to watch the evening games. Yep. Yep. I'm <laughs> hoping to be able to get down to Kansas City. To catch a game because I don't, I don't even really care who's playing. I just want to be able to say I went to a World Cup game. You know what I mean? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I mean, the ticket prices might be outrageous, and I might you say fuck that later on. But right now, I'm I want to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get down there. Well, Glenn, uh, I think that's it. That's all we got. To I don't know. Is there anything wrestling related you want to talk about? I, I didn't watch Monday Night Raw, so uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Nothing special. They're teasing um, Giovanni Vinci, whatever his name is, being the golden boy of uh, Imperium now. He's and uh, Ludwig Kaiser's being sort of driven out by the same. It's basically, doing the same thing with Imperium that they're, they're doing with Judgment Day at the moment, where they're teasing breakups and. Uh roots and god knows what i see i see that i mean they're obviously building towards survival series which is crazy that survivor series is literally like what next week week after next yeah is it i think it's next saturday pal saturday week yeah it's the same it's the 20, just, whatever it is the 20, it's the saturday after thanksgiving yeah yeah it's next saturday mm-hmm. the 25th yeah it's a week from Saturday. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. They didn't give themselves a lot of time to build this thing up, did they? <laughs> but it's all in place anyway. It really... See, there was a bit of planning towards it right from before Crown Jewel. So it's all sort of come together. Right, because the whole Judgment Day and Cody and Sami Zayn, like they all have an individual feud with Judgment Day, so that makes sense. And then you know, on the women's side, actually, I think the women's side is even better of the story because you've got this like giant, like mega faction now of damage control, which I think that's really fucking cool. Honestly, like you said, the Orient Express, yeah, (laughs) alien mask. Um, 
And I, think, I, I wonder, are they going to do four on four or are they going to do five on five? I suppose it depends. <clears throat> um, I would think it'd be four on four because Dakota Kai is still in a, yeah. a leg brace. That, that, that's what I thought. Yeah, she's definitely not ready to return after. I mean, she can walk out to the ring with him, but she's not ready to do anything physical coming no. off that knee injury. Um, so they'd have to find somebody else. And I saw that like speculation is that it's going to be Becky Lynch on Bianca's team. Um, so, but then I don't know who, like who would, who would um, Bailey's team then pick up because obviously they can't use Dakota. Um, No. Um, who, what's her name? Zia Zia Lee would be good. And she's got that feud with Becky Lynch right now. So that's a good one. Yeah. So it may well be because they have been building this feud with those two. Yeah. Like Becky attacked her last night after she attacked Becky last week. I like to see that they're like using different women in different scenarios that you wouldn't yeah. usually have seen them in. Like I like this like Zylee was doing nothing for like ever. Yeah. And now they're actually finally doing something with her. So I think I think that's cool. I mean, I I like to see new people getting the chance to do something that they haven't had a chance to do. I realize she's not new, but she hasn't done anything on TV. No, no. And it sort of regenerated the the women's division a bit. Right, because they it's desperately need more challengers. Yeah. On Raw yeah. and SmackDown, especially yeah. Raw, because Rhea's got, like, nobody. No, it's very thin on the ground. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> definitely. But we will be back next week with our uh, Survivor Series predictions, of course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the mayor, the mayor might be busy with family, um, since it is so close to the holiday. So it might just be me and you, Glenn, but we will do yeah. the... Survivor Series picks next Saturday. But for today, Glenn, it is time to get in our time machine and venture back to 1997. For Raw is War, it's July 7th, 1997 to be exact. We're at the Northlands Coliseum in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, Glenn. You ever yes. been to Canada? Um, I haven't, but I have met somebody from Edmonton, about Canada. Um, my parents had a pub, and it was the Rose and Crown pub, and it was in Church Street in Edmonton in North London. Oh. And by coincidence, that in Church Street in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, there is a Rose and Crown pub, and we were visited by the landlord and landlady from that pub. Wow. That's a hell of a story. They came over to the UK and they visited us. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) That's Glenn, I did not expect to hear that story when I asked you if you've ever been to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been to Canada because they won't let me in. Um, The (laughs) Northlands Coliseum opened in November of 1974. The only WF pay-per-view to ever be held here was Backlash 2004 which had an exceptional hardcore match between Randy Orton and Mick Foley. Have you ever seen this match? I have. Very brutal. Very, very brutal. Yeah. Um, there was a certain man who was in the main event of this pay-per-view that we won't name on this podcast because he killed his family. Um, yeah. but you'll know by that. Anyway, um, so the arena was closed down in 2022, and it is scheduled to be demolished at a later date. So you can say goodbye to the Northlands Coliseum. That's the trouble with these old places. Anyway, Glenn, so we get into the show. It's so dilapidated now. 
Like, it wasn't even that old, though. It's been like 74. We fucking yeah. watched shows that the arena was open in like 1930. And it was yeah. so. <laughs> I know. So, but yeah, we so we get into the show here. They, of course, open the show by showing us highlights from the, the main event from Canadian Stampede and talk about, you know, the hearts get to celebrate their victory in their home country with all their family and friends and even hearts in the ring and people who weren't hearts and said they were hearts from the ring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely a scene, that's for sure. And of course, since they're in Canada, the show is going to open up with Bret Hart coming down to the ring. He's got an in-ring promo with Vince McMahon. He's got they all wear Edmonton Oilers jerseys, which is a tough thing to do in 2023 because the Edmonton Oilers suck. Yes. <laughs> and I'm a Blackhawks fan, so I can I can and I can say another team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so Vince tells Brett that uh, that he is now the number one contender for the WWF Championship. How how did they come to that, Glenn? How did they come to that conclusion? Vince said so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't win any matches to make him the number one contender, so I don't know how he got there. He, but shot, he, he shouted at Vince, and he became the number one contender. Yes, that's all you got to do, right? I guess, it, like, if we do a Raw in your home city, you get to be the next, in your home country, yeah. the next pay-per-view, you get to have a championship match i guess i don't know yeah. um, have you got this promo from him i don't have it word for i don't have it like recorded or anything no oh, that's a shame it's so bad <laughs> can't do it justice eh? <laughs> crap it was but he's not anti-american but he's pro-canadian yeah uh, he, he said something like, somebody told me, you know, America, love it or leave it. And let me tell you, I've loved leaving it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, I know. Uh, he's not anti-American, but I'm sure for months now, he's been calling him all sorts of names. Well, he's been calling us all hyenas. So, That's it, yeah. <laughs> and last I checked, I, besides the zoo, I don't think there's any hyenas in America. I don't think they're storming the Pride Lands. I don't think. <laughs> no. Yeah, he says that Americans think they're better than everyone and um, Canadians are sick and tired of it. They have free health care and Americans kill each other on every street corner. And you know what? He's right. He's right. <laughs> no you lies. know what? Fine, right? We'll give you that one. <laughs> no lies spoken there at all. It's not a one. <laughs> it's, it gets worse every year, pal. Every year it gets worse. But we just, there's nothing we can do about it, Glenn. No. <laughs> not a thing. Um, he says he's a proud Canadian, proud to be Canadian. He's proud to be their hero. Uh, he promises that in his match with the Undertaker, if he does not win the World Wrestling Federation Championship from the Undertaker at SummerSlam, he will never wrestle on American soil again, ever. I wonder. Um, not once it's a spoil what happens at SummerSlam. They spoil it just by making that fucking that stipulation. <laughs> at the SummerSlam, as he kept calling it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if after that, it was a bit like, you know, with vampires, that they have to have, wherever they go, they have to have their own soil. Right. So they, they have this soil in their coffin so they can sleep. I wonder if he had his boots filled with Canadian soil everywhere. So wherever he went, he didn't touch American soil. 
That would have been a hell of a, a gimmick for him had he lost this. If I mean, if he loses this match to the Undertaker yeah. at SummerSlam, maybe he'll just every time he has a match, he'll just litter the ring with Canadian fucking dirt, and then he'll be like, "Well, I'm on Canadian soil, so I can wrestle." <laughs> That's fucking genius, Glenn. I didn't think of that. Maybe Bret Hart won't win. I don't know. Maybe he won't win. I thought for sure, but now now that you <laughs> throw this at me, Glenn, maybe not. Maybe not. And I think they did that same. Were they going to do the same stipulation with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at King yeah. of the Ring? Yeah, yeah, they were. like ten minutes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the stipulation of the match. He uh, he then brings out uh, what he calls the best technical wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation, which is of course his brother, the Intercontinental Champion Owen Hart. Yeah, they then let us know that Austin will be taking on Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam. He then calls out the most powerful man in the World Wrestling Excuse Federation today. Me. Excuse me. Sorry. Not just it's champion, but two-time Slammy winner. Oh, you're right. As, uh, How dare I? Saying or commentary. How dare I, Glenn? Forget that part. How dare I? <laughs> so he brings out what he calls the most powerful man in the World Wrestling Federation today, today the European champion, his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog, who will be defending his European championship against undefeated world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock and every one of these matches is going to get some sort of silly gimmick attached to it. We will get into the Austin Owen gimmick later on in the show and the Bulldog Ken Shamrock match is going to have a silly stipulation. So it's going to be a full of a bunch of full of weird stipulations for the matches. Oh, okay. SummerSlam. We then, uh, he then tells everyone to stare up at the Titan Tron and put stand up for the Canadian national anthem. So they start playing the Canadian national anthem. They're halfway through it. And Stone Cold Steve Austin hits the hits the hits the ring with the chair and lays out all three of them, uh, and they really play it up on commentary how disrespectful this is of Stone Cold Steve Austin to dare bring up the Canadian national anthem like that. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised the King didn't say I'm, I. I didn't know that Steve Austin was a music lover <laughs> or something like that, or a music hater. Yeah, Steve Austin hates music. That's why he did it. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was funny though. They couldn't believe the disrespect of Stone Cold Steve Austin. From they're still trying to get heel heat on him. Yeah, and like like last night. Well, I mean, I say last night is in in 1997 at the pay per view. You could tell like the fans they 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 were booing Austin, but they were like on the verge of cheering oh, him. Oh yeah, it's and oh, tonight oh, they're really tiptoeing that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we go to a commercial. They come back and, of course, get the replay of Austin attacking them because we're wrestling fans and we can't remember anything that happened a minute ago. They keep talking about the disgracefulness of Stone Cold Steve Austin to do this. Uh, they get um, footage from Bret Hart talking to the live crowd during the break. That he's bitching and moaning about how this happens to him every week. He says they cannot let Stone Cold Steve Austin or Stone Cold Steve Austin can walk all over me, he can walk all over my family, but I will not let him walk all over Canada. And then Vince gives us a nice heartfelt apology uh, for Stone yes. Cold Steve Austin disrespecting the Canadian national anthem. Mm-hmm. I do what the, the king said. You can't speak for Stone Cold like that. Yeah, I bet he ain't sorry. Yeah. We then get to the first match of the evening, and it's a rematch from a pay per view, Glenn. Um, and if you, I don't know if you know this about me. But one thing that I loathe about wrestling is I hate. I absolutely hate when they do rematches the night after the pay-per-view. I hate it. 
this this is just getting their money's worth out of at least one ticket from Japan. It's true. We know that Michinoko is going to stay around a while, but the great Suzuki, they're just getting man, they're just getting them their money's worth out of the ticket. Uh, before that, of course, we get Brian Christopher come down. Yeah. To uh, go on commentary with the king. With his old man. Hyenas. <laughs> they laugh like fucking hyenas. Good I lord. Them. Oh, oh my god. Um <laughs> We get a pre-match promo from uh, the great Sasuke, but uh, it's in Japanese, so I don't know what he said. No, they didn't even bother putting subtitles up. Nothing. No it whatsoever. I'm sure it was riveting, whatever he said, but I yeah. don't know what it was. Uh, the King and Brian Christopher make several bad Japanese jokes during this, like many, yeah. many bad Japanese jokes. Like, not even clever. Like, not even good or clever. I mean, this this was a fine match, but I don't think it it was anywhere near as good as the match at the pay per view. Well, no, it wasn't. Mixes um, are probably half hearted at it. Yeah, and I think they got a little bit more than five minutes at the pay per view too. This match only got like five minutes and forty five seconds, yeah. so maybe a lot of time. And this would have been, and the pay per view would have been show probably shown in Japan as well. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, and this Raw was a. <laughs> You're, yeah, that's probably true. I didn't think of that. A lot, lot uh, so I thought there was a few more high flying moves than there was in the one of the pay per view. There yeah. was only a couple at the pay per view. They did a lot more in the shorter amount of time here. Um, Sasuke gets the win again. He uses the Tiger Power Bomb. I was, I was a bit surprised because I understood why they put like Sasuke over at the pay per view because you brought him in. So you and and they were trying to work with him because he had like Michinoku Pro over there and they were trying to work yeah. with him a little bit. So obviously you want to give him a win. But knowing that Taka's going to stick around, I was surprised that Taka didn't get the win in this one. That's it. They could have evened things up, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean... I don't again, you, may, you don't know that he may well have insisted that Sasuke gets over. Yeah. No. Very well be, too. The guy, yeah, the guy is that respected. Yeah, so uh, they they run down what we're going to get on the show tonight. We're going to get the, the number one contenders for the tag team tournament final. As uh, Owen Hart and the British Bulldog will face uh, Farouk. They keep showing Ahmed Johnson, but it ain't going to be Ahmed Johnson because he's still injured. So it's going to be Farouk and D'Lo Brown. We're going to hear from Paul Bearer more on the possibility if The Undertaker's brother is still living. We're also going to get Glenn a dream match. The 1996 King of the Ring will face the 1997 King of the Ring. Hunter mm -hmm. Hearst Helmsley takes on Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, Gold Dust will also take on Bret Hart, which is a, a, another big match of the night. And then we hear, Glenn, the revving of motorcycles, don't we? Yeah. DOI will their way down to the ring. After you've had two high-flying Japanese guys, what is better than having a gang war? Nothing, Glenn. There's nothing better than a gang war after that. Um, they show us like a, you know... A, a video package of Savio and Crush both getting fired from the nation and how now they started their own factions and, you know, the brawl that took place and they show us the brawl that took place between them on Shotgun Saturday night. I can't help but think to me, like, um, Farouk fired you. You're mad at the nation of domination. Why are you dumb motherfuckers fighting each other? Exactly. That's, that was my point. Exactly. I say that off my list of wise. I don't, yeah, just like, I don't, why? <laughs> yeah. 
the Bariquas come down wearing they've got weird god godfather hats on, which is another yeah. takeaway I got from this. They were wearing weird godfather hats. I got those Bariquas and they were shaking hands with the Spanish announce team. Now you don't see, uh, apart from the occasional one of the big four PLEs, you don't see the Spanish announce table anymore. Uh, I'm wondering if they've done that because they insist on not not actually being there live for health and safety purposes. That and they're probably just like, you know, we'll just pay somebody to do it remotely. We won't fly them in to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's that as well. Yeah, I but think for the big. Yeah, for the big ones, you'll see three announce tables out there, and then yeah. they'll have you know all the other countries like set up in another area. But mm-hmm. I bet they, I'm I'm willing to bet they do that remotely with with all that you know. By oh yeah, of course they would. But at yeah. this time, those guys had to get extra danger money. I mean, it, you had to know at some point you were getting somebody's going through your table. Yeah. I remember one time they did it, and Hugo Savinovich being like, "Why don't you go over there? Why don't you just come over here? Go over yeah. there!" <laughs> God damn it. Uh, now, now it's the NXT table. Booker seems to attract the flying guys now. Well, if anybody deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, at first I thought this was going to be a four-on-four from the graphic that they showed us, but then it just ends up being Savio versus Crush. I found that hilarious, Glenn, when they're riding the motorcycles out to the ring. We see little timekeeper Mark Yeaton picking up the ring steps and moving them around as if they're very light. They've been yeah. telling us for years, Glenn, that these things weigh <laughs> more than 100 pounds, and we've yeah. got a 150-pound bell guy picking them up like they're nothing. I <laughs> 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 died laughing watching that. I'm like, look at him. He's just moving them around like they're nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're child's yeah, toys. Anybody would think that they may actually made of aluminium, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, right. You called it. I like the way you said it. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, so after what seems like forever, the bell finally rings. And uh, yeah. what do you think about this match, Glenn? Um, I wasn't really paying that much attention to it. I was just waiting for the brawl to break out. To be honest. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Um, just a lot of outside interference stuff. Close, crush clotheslines. Mm-hmm. Vega to the outside. DOA starts beating them up. So the referee calls for the bell. Then all hell breaks loose. They're all brawling everywhere. They pick up one of the Los Bariquas guys and throw them across yeah. their own boat. I don't know why they would want to mess with their own bikes. Why would you want to break up your own bike? No, no. It was basic. It was basically like a lumberjack match with motorcycles thrown in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, and the, and the lumberjack just started beating the shit out of the first person who went out of the ring. Yeah, and they and they spent more time out of the ring than they did in it. Yeah, and then they had every referee from the back, along with Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe, out there to break up the fight. Yeah, I also noticed that uh, biker gangs must be over as fucking Canada because they love DOA. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they were. <laughs> There was a crime and sports episode that I listened to, and they also did a uh, dark side of the ring about this guy. His name was Bruiser Bedlam when he wrestled in in, uh, Smoky Mountain. Do you know that name, Bruiser Bedlam? Yes, I do, yes. Ion blew up a police station. (laughs) Oh, God. Allegedly blew up a police station because I don't think he ever got convicted of it, but up a police station. (sighs) 
I forget why I brought that up. I lost track of my thought. I had a train of thought there, but I lost what it was. I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, he was in a he was in a bunch of biker gangs, and he was Canadian, so maybe yeah. maybe they'd really like biker gangs. Yeah, biker gangs. Mm. Yeah, but uh, hey. look that up. Iron Carturu's uh, crime and sports episode. It's fucking <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we get told to uh, ring one nine hundred seven three seven four WWF to get news about Shawn Michaels. Sid and SummerSlam. I'm excited uh, about Sid and SummerSlam. Yeah. I won't see him though, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. What are they gonna say? That's yeah. a waste of, that's that, that's a waste of a, a premium phone call. That's a waste of a dollar forty nine a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then they show us Paul Barrow before we go to the break. They tell us we're gonna hear more about him. We'll hear more from him about the Undertaker's brother when they come back. We come back from the break. Paul's doing the interview from the Titan Tron. Uh, Vince asked Paul if he wants to apologize for anything that he said last week. And Paul is, you know, like, why should I apologize? When the under I ain't the one who did the killing. The Undertaker yeah. is the one who did the killing. He should be the one to say he's sorry. <laughs> yeah, Kane told him it was the Undertaker burned down his parents' funeral parlor. And that Kane is disfigured, badly disfigured. Ah, okay. He healed well. Well, I guess we'll find out in if, 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it says he, could, he hasn't been able to go outside because of, in the sun because of the scars. And his only hope, Glenn, is that one day he can face his evil brother. He says the hatred, the hate that he has in his, is the strongest emotion. And Kane has pure hatred in his heart for his brother. He then, of course, calls the Undertaker a murderer multiple times before he... Okay. Walks out of here. How come every time Paul Bear like talks, he gets like he he like that film starts to come in his mouth. I can't look at him anymore. Yeah, no, it's like every time. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Anyway, so then it's time when finally we're going to get to the finals of this illustrious tag team tournament that we've been had going on here. D'Lo Brown and Farouk will take on Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. Um, the winners will face Stone Cold Steve Austin, a part of his choosing. Uh, for the tag team titles next week. Owen and Bulldog come out. They've got uh, Pillman and, and Anvil with them. Crowd's going ape shit. As, as yep. Girl Monsoon used to say, they're going banana. Yeah. <laughs> they talked to Austin before the match, asked him who his partner's going to be next week. Of course, he says he doesn't care about who his partner is. He doesn't care who's going to win this match. He doesn't want a partner. He's not sure why Vince keep asking him why who his partner is. Does he got manure for brains or something? Yeah. <laughs> he asked him if mankind deserves a chance, and he says mankind needs his ass kicked because he's a freak with no ear. He's got long hair, and he doesn't give a damn about him. And Vince says that we've had enough of this and basically cuts Austin off before Austin tells him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a, a plug for the... Because uh, Stone Cold said so. For $19.99 plus six pounds, shipping and handling. I'd buy it. Yes. I'd buy it today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we come back. Match has started. D'Lo Brown taking on. I mean, starting things off with Owen Hart. So last week, I think we kind of talked about, we were like, why did they do this? Because it's going to be a heel versus heel match. But I think it was actually brilliant on their part now because they knew that the hearts were going to be baby faced in Canada. So it was oh, more right. of a baby face versus heel match. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of worked out for them in the end. Um, 
what do you think about this tag team matchup here? Well, talk about punching above their weight. Fruk and D'Lo, they beat Undertaker and Vader in round one. Wow. And then the Legion of Doom in round two. Wow. Yeah. That's so, insane. <laughs> no, talk about... So... At least they they got to the stage where they knew they weren't going to win the bloody thing. Right, right. I mean, it's pretty much built up where you can see Bulldog and one were obviously going to win and mm. face Austin and whoever because that's just the way it's going. Why can't Owen and Bulldog are a more than decent tag team? For all the time they were the tag team champions, we never saw them have a clean win. <laughs> nope. And guess what? This match, it wasn't a clean win by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely not. Uh, very convoluted tag team match, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> it was. Um, I did like, uh, before all the nonsense happened, they were doing a really good job of building to the hot tag for uh, Bulldog. And the nation was really beating him down for a while, and then he was able to finally, they even cut it off his hot tag a couple, multiple times. Before he was finally able to get the hot tag for Owen, and you were able to get a big, you know, a big pop from the crowd. So I did think that was good. Um, so at, toward the end, Owen goes off the top rope, um, but Kama pull, I mean, Owen goes o- over the top rope because Kama pulls the rope down. The Hearts start brawling with Nod, and I, I really wasn't sure how no one got DQ'd during this brawl because oh, that's what it, I was expecting. Yeah. Because everyone that people who weren't involved in the match were hitting people who were involved in the match, and that usually equals a DQ, but I guess not here. Not yet, not. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so then, then Owen gets back in the ring, and the ref counts to 10. Owen gets in, in like the count of eight, and yeah. Owen and Bulldog win by count out. A dodgy count out. Yeah. Uh, okay. You could have done all that and then had Owen roll fucking D Lo up. So at least they would have yeah. got it. That's right. But no, they have to have enough of bloody dodgy count out. Either they, it's a, a, how many times beginning of the year did we see them walk away from championship matches to get themselves counted out? We saw it five <laughs> times just against Furnace and LaFon, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Treat them a bit better. They're a decent tag team. I mean, they're the most over-tag team besides LOD that you've got right now. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. <clears throat> Mankind comes down to the ring after the match wearing an Austin 316 shirt. I guess he just wanted to tell them that it's going to be him and Austin next week because that's all he did. He just said that and left. Yeah. Which proves Austin right. Well. He's bonkers. <laughs> He's fucking lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> They then talk to Austin again. <laughs> they ask him about his match with Hunter tonight. And he says he's going to open up a can of whoop-ass on him since he likes caviar. And he'll be likes to taste a whoop-ass instead. He also said he's not above punching China's lights out if she gets involved. So keep that in mind. <laughs> <clears throat> so then we get the whole restarting of the show after they recap Austin breaking up the Canadian National Anthem at the beginning of the show. And when the show restarts, uh, we get Austin, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, taking on Hunter Hearst. Austin makes his way down to the ring. He's got the tag team title belt. 
He tries to chuck it into the ring, but he doesn't make it. No. Short. <laughs> and then he walks over to the announce desk and steals Vince McMahon's water, which I thought was really funny, too. Yes. <laughs> um, we say about how divided the crowd were with this. And it comes across with Vince in his commentary that he's totally baffled by this. He's so you can hear it in his voice. He's, for God's sake, why do they still like him? We've done everything we possibly can to make him a baby, a heel. And they're still cheering for him, yeah. In Canada. In Canada, yeah. The one place that's supposed to hate him still. <laughs> it's like he could run over Helen Hart with a truck and they'd probably still like him. Yeah, they'd still cheer for him. They'd be like, oh, that's terrible, man. That's badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they keep talking about you know what's going to happen if China gets involved. What will Austin do? At one point, Austin mocks the little bow that um, Hunter does, which I thought was really, really funny. Um, what do you got? What do you think about this one? It was fine. It was fine for what it was. It was um, a good Raw match. Yes, the story was there. Had a bit of interaction with the crowd and everything. It was it was a good raw match. I think it was the best, you know, one on one match on the show. I mean, yeah. the best match of all on the show, definitely. Um, <clears throat> Austin whips Hunter into the corner. He does that whole turnbuckle thing that Ric Flair used to do, and he does it now, where he and he goes all the way out to the to the. Uh, Goes all the way out to the floor. Austin gets out there, picks him up, lays him across the guardrail, psycho Sid style, except for with less force. Um, Austin goes for a super, a superplex, but Hunter blocks it and counters it, and he drops Austin on his face. But then he goes for like a, a top rope, like fist. Austin mm. gets the foot up, which Hunter did a great job on that cell when he came off the top rope, took that foot to the face. He just kind of stood there for a minute and he fell flat. I thought that was really great. Yeah. He's always good with that. Um, China gets uh, gets a chair at one point. And she just sets it up on the ring apron. Uh, she trips Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Hunter lands a big clothesline on him. Then Austin, China's got the ref distracted. Hunter grabs a chair, but Mankind comes running down, and then he gets smacked right in the head with the steel chair for his troubles. Yeah. <laughs> that was a steel shot. That, too, was, that, was, that was a stiff shot. <laughs> the fact that Mick Foley still has his senses about him as much as he does, it's a fucking miracle. <laughs> It's a miracle. He must, he must. His head must be made of concrete. It must be. Just, it must be. Yeah, it must be. Um, then, uh, but then he turns around right into. Then Hunter turns around right into a Stone Cold Stunner yeah. uh, for the three count. Austin gets on the mic after the match, and he's like, "All right, mankind, you want to be my tag team partner? That's fine." Uh, well, first he's like, "This is what you should do to your friends after they've been hitting the head with a chair trying to save you. Get your dumb ass up." There's no way a one chair shot can keep your big ass down. Get your ass in this ring. Yeah, that's it. That's what you say to your, the, the person who just helped you, usually. <laughs> he tells mankind, look, you want to be my tag team partner? You've been asking for weeks. Just shake my hand. Shake my hand and we'll be tag team partners. But mankind's not a handshaker. He's a hugger. Yeah. So he gives Austin a hug instead. And what did Austin do, Glenn? He gives him a stutter, of course. <laughs> He's a rattlesnake. Well, don't would... go around hugging rattlesnakes. Yeah, you should have known better. Uh, he tells him, DTA, don't ever trust anybody. 
And he tells him, you'll never be my tag team partner because you're a long-haired freak and you suck. Um, the fans in Canada tried really hard to hate Uncle Steve Austin, but they just couldn't help it because they went apeshit for this. Even though he just beat up the guy who helped him, they still loved him. Hmm. They didn't care. Um, Nick, I gets on the mic. He says all he wanted was a little bit of respect. He was looking for a friend, but Austin ruined all of that. And now drastic measures will be taken because next week he will do something he didn't ever think he'd do again. Austin won't ever be the same again. The WWF will never be the same again. And mankind, sure as hell, won't ever be the same again. So I wonder what's going to happen. If I was Stone Cold Steve Austin, I would be terrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's unhinged and who knows what that means. <laughs> um, we come back from the break. Sonny's in the ring. We. We said we we would mention the fact. Oh yeah, that so, yeah, yeah. See uh, that uh, we don't see because uh, it's not actually on the network, or it's been taken down from the network and from Peacock. I think it must have been on the network at some point because I've seen other reviews of this that had it in. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, sable in a bubble bath in room two A. Oh, is that the next clue? 2A? 2A, yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, Glenn, I think I know the culprit and the person who got this removed from the network. It was that jealous son of a bitch, Mark Marrow, who did it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. He probably didn't. Um, <laughs> so Sonny's out here. It uh, certainly wasn't for anything you could have seen of Sable. <laughs> No, yeah, I don't understand it's, it because they've shown sure, more. Uh, yeah, and not only that, I'm sure that you saw less of Sable in a bath than you did of Sunny now. Yeah, exactly. You saw more of Sunny on this than you saw any Sable in any bathtub, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sunny's in the ring. She's a special ring announcer because that's her duties now in WWE. I, besides modeling stuff they're selling, that's the only thing she does. Yeah, for the cruiserweights. Yeah, for the light heavyweights. Yeah, <laughs> it's Eric Shelley taking on. I have in my notes Brian Pillman, but that's not Brian Pillman. It's Brian Christopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh, Sonny lets us know that Eric Shelley is fighting for the entire country of Canada. Yes, the whole country. Yeah. Uh which, I mean, that's a lot for one guy to take, the entire country. At least, at least half the country of Canada weren't interested. All they were interested in was Sonny's tits. I thought you were going to say hockey. I thought you were going to say it was hockey night or something. <laughs> they were interested in moose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, that, They are interested yeah. in moose, hockey, and Tim Horton's donuts, eh? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Canada. I apologize. <laughs> They show us Brian and the King beating down Scott Putsky. Uh, I think it was either last week or the week before. And then they tell us, Glenn, Vince lets us know that Ivan has challenged Brian and Jerry to a tag team match with him and his son next week. And, oh, God, I hope that really happens. So do I. Please. <laughs> See it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, yeah, it was two weeks ago for us, but it was actually the last Raw. Oh, okay. Because we had the pay-per-view in between. That makes sense. Um, so this wasn't a good match by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's 351 in Egypt. It went by. That was it. 
Yeah, I did. The one note that I made is that Brian Christopher did like the skull crushing finale that the Miz is using now, and I just hadn't seen that in 1997, so I was just a little shocked by that. I was like, did he just do the skull crushing finale? Yeah. <laughs> my my one note from this was that Shelley had the attire of an early 1950s jobber on. Oh yeah, he also did a. Do you do you remember the dive that he did this match? Yes. <laughs> that, that was quite possibly the worst dive I've ever oh, seen. Yeah. yeah, the man that gravity remembered definitely. <laughs> he he just barely got over the top rope. Yeah. <laughs> it was the worst. Uh, Brian Christopher got the win with a uh, top rope leg drop. And for the love of God, I hope that we see the Scott Putsky, Ivan Putsky versus Jerry and his son next week. Please, I hope that happens. Yes, the. At least he gets to see Jerry Lawler's um, pole driver on the uh, poor mentioned Shelly. Yeah, old poor old, old Shelly. I looked him up and to see if he did anything else of note. He wrestled until like 2017. Apparently, he was big in Canada. Old Shelly, <clears throat> not not for doing dives. No. Uh, next not. up. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes down to the ring for an in-ring promo with Vince McMahon because we haven't heard enough from him tonight. <laughs> when he first started walking out, I thought he was having another match. I'm like, who else is he facing? Before before that, though, we get uh, JR says that Shawn Michaels will be on Raw next week, although he won't be competing in the ring because if he was fit enough, he would shoot Steve Austin's partner. Yeah, I believe the next week's Raw is in San Antonio, where Shawn Michaels resides. So Yes, yeah. Or he resides, he used to. I'm sure he resides in Florida now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Poor bastard. Um, they show footage of last night um, with Austin being let out in handcuffs and flipping people off, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. Vince asks him, what kind of competitor can act like that? And he talks about how the crowd in Texas might have a different reaction from the Canadians this week. And Austin says, to hell with the Canadian fans. They don't need any respect. Um, and Vince asks Austin who his partner is going to be. And, and Austin's like, I don't know why you keep asking me that. And how many times I got to tell you, I don't want a partner. I don't need a partner. Somebody throw something in the ring at that point. Without missing a beat, Austin turns and says, throw something else and I'll whoop your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> he did it without missing a beat. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, he says if he doesn't pick a partner, he knows that monsoon. There's somebody could have just gone and hit his shoulders there. And go, it wasn't me. Uh, I didn't throw anything. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that would have been me. Uh, he, he says he knows if he doesn't pick a partner, Gorilla Monsoon will exercise his right. And pick Austin's partner, but Austin says that's fine because Gorilla Monsoon hasn't exercised in years. <laughs> and then he tells us all about the stipulation between him and Owen Hart at SummerSlam, Glenn. And what is that stipulation? It's a kiss my ass match. Yep. Not even a kiss my ass match. Like, Owen don't have to kiss... Austin's ass if Austin wins, but if yeah. if Owen wins, Austin will kiss his ass. Why would yeah. he agree to that? Why? Yeah. He made it up on his own, even. It was his idea. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to happen, I guess. Uh, and then the best line, one of the best lines was, you know, I'll kiss his ass if I can't kick it, which is what he said at the end of it. Which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. um, and then we get to the main yeah. event. We know, you know he's not going to do any ass kick, kissing, don't we? Kicking, yeah, yes. Kissing, no. Probably not, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be very interesting what happens to him in that match because he's probably thinking, fuck, if I'm going to have to kiss his ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we go to the main event. It's Gold Dust versus Bret Hart. Uh, we get a pre-match promo from Gold Dust who says, tonight will be Bret Hart's curtain call. Um, Bret Hart came down to the ring alone, which I was, I was not was- expecting that. It was a bit of a shock. Those brave, those brave fighting words. Yeah, in Bret Hart's own backyard. Usually, Glenn, but when I threaten somebody before a fight, I say this is going to be your final curtain call. Yeah, coach. I told the guy that last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they start brawling, you know, right as right, like outside the ring, right as the match starts. I think they started in the ring, but they didn't take long before they worked their way to the outside of the ring. Um. For some reason, I don't know why, DOA comes out. Just have a look. I guess. I did want to buy a ticket, so I just go down to the ringside and watch. With those bikes and everything, it was too many of us crowd around. You know when you see them backstage, that everybody's normally looking at strange angles. Like at a, a side angle? Yeah. yeah a, a, a TV screen. But it was with the cap, with the bikes as well, there was too many for that, so they've just decided to wheel themselves down to ringside to watch. It was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so since DOA comes out, that of course my mic fell out. Sorry. Oh. Right, so DOA, because DOA comes out, the hearts come out. Yeah. Uh, and then LOD and Shamrock come out as well. Then Austin is like behind them. Ah, I don't know. What did you think of the match? I this it was just bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre. <laughs> it was just bizarre. That's exactly the word for it. It was. Uh, it was. It just didn't come to anything. There was no point to it. It was just a bizarre ending. Yeah, I mean. If it was just the hearts that came out and then Shamrock and LOD, I would have got it. But like LOD, I mean, DOA's got nothing to do with with any of that. They're not even going to probably be. Well, they may well be at SummerSlam, but they're not going to be like involved in any feud with this lot, are they? Any of these guys. They're probably going to have a match with the Los Bariquas. Yeah. If they have anything at SummerSlam. So like, why are they? I I was so dumbfounded. (laughs) As soon as the motorcycle engine started revving up, I was like, huh? <laughs> I was so confused as to why the bikers decided they needed to crash the Bret Hart gold dust match. It was very weird. I just wanted um, to see Bret Hart in action. I told you. I guess so. I get they love the adoration from the Canadian fans. They're like, let's yeah. get back out there and rile up the fans again by revving <laughs> our motorcycles. Um, <laughs> Make a lot of noise. <laughs> Yeah, very strange. Uh, whatever it was, what the match was, whatever. Bret Hart ends up winning with like a cradle pin. I don't even know how to how to describe it. Um, all the hearts celebrate. Not not the whole family, just the hearts who were you know the Hart Foundation. The whole family didn't get in the ring like the night before. Um, and we're all left wondering why the fuck DOA was out here as the show goes off the air. 
know. Ridiculous. I, yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it was a good show. Uh, the Austin Triple H match was probably the only really good match of the show. Um, but because it ties all the storylines together and they keep building things, it's it was very entertaining and it was a, it was an easy watch. I think this is what we're we're going to be finding with a lot of uh, the especially the ninety seven Attitude Era match roars is that uh, the matches aren't as good as people think they are, but the stories are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think I think we're really this is the point where it's really gonna kick off into something because we we've seen multiple good shows in a row. Now I think it's two or three good shows we've had in yeah. a row. And I don't think that's happened at all in the year nineteen ninety seven up until no, now. Up until now. So yeah, things are building nicely, shall we say. So this show's going to get two thumbs up from the both of us, I think. Yep, two thumbs up. Can't, can't get two thumbs in there. there we go. <laughs> You're all right. You're all right, pal. Fighting with my mic stand. It's all right. The reason I've done this is because for the next bit, you're going to ask me. I'm fighting with my phone here. Oh, about the plugs, of course. Yes, exactly. That's right. Glenn, who do we need to plug before we get out of here? Uh, uh, I'm booking the territory. Uh, the lads are with us finally this Saturday. We will be called the Les Kellett special. Um, they're on their May show at the moment. This week, they did a first, they headed over to think Dan sort of mentioned it, Reslo, which was a Welsh promotion oh, yeah, yeah. shown on Welsh TV. They managed to find one remaining match from the first episode that was shown on the S4C, which is the, the Welsh channel over here. Uh, the commentary is all in very strange Gaelic Welsh language. There's lots of consonants and very few vowels. It's, it's a strange language. Wow. And they're also um, in the throes of um, doing a Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, which I can never remember what it's called. <laughs> unstacking the Daditory. Unstacking the Daditory, that's it. I'm booking the Takatory. Uh, Bang Bang Andy and Steve, they're back this week doing a two-parter of Macho Man Randy Savage. There is uh, DDT Wrestling with DC and Doc every Friday that drops. And of course, the Doctor Who podcast with Danny Inside. They have just finished their last, their third part of uh, their drafting, so they know what they're watching now for the coming series. And it will start next Monday with the first one that was picked for them. Make sure you check out everything they got going on over at Sportswire Radio. Thomas um, just redid, like, made a whole new Sportswire website. It is sportswireradio.org, and it's sports with a Z, Sportswire Radio with a Z. So make sure you check that out. It looks great. Shout out to Tom for doing such a great work, great job on that and great work with Sportswire Radio. 
And I appreciate all the nice things that you say to me, Tom, uh, when you message me. I don't know how to take compliments. So when people compliment me, I start to get like squirrely. So I, I apologize <laughs> if I don't seem like I appreciate your comments. I do. I just don't know how to accept compliments. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you check out that and give Thomas Bryce a follow on all the social media platforms. If you just search Thomas Bryce, B-R-I-C-E, you're going to find him. He's yes. the man behind Sportswire Radio. And make sure you check out our other shows. We have the part three of the uh, Wrestling Classic Watch Along out now. This week, we will be starting our venture into WCW 2000 as we will watch uh, some bits and pieces from the first Nitro and Thunder in the month of March leading up until Uncensored 2000, which we will watch in a couple of months. So be on the lookout for that. And of course... I don't know shit the life and times of Psycho Sid. We, episode 11 will be out this week, and it will be the last couple of matches for Sid's first run in WCW. And uh, lots of hilarity takes place there. Uh, watch along with us on YouTube or listen on whatever podcast you have. But if you can watch on YouTube, I suggest you do it that way because that's the best way to do it. Um, that's it. I don't think I got any more, right, Glenn? I got it all? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this did. I don't know shit. The mayor was with us this week. It was a really good show. It was. So now the only thing left to do is for Glenn to say goodbye. Goodbye.